Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 67. Carrie's still in her boot. It's still drama. (laughs) Y'all, we have new Patreoners starting it big time. Let's go. Who is it? April B. from North Carolina. Annie R. from North Carolina. Do y'all know each other? And Molly D. from Virginia. Woop, 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 woop. Thank y'all so freaking much for being part of the Patreon. We couldn't do it without y'all. Like, no, literally, we couldn't do it without y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll thank y'all, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Sinister Sightings came out Thursday, and I completely left y'all hanging. I had some teasing going on and gave y'all blue balls. I am so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. So, I went to Disney World for the first time ever, like, 2012-ish or something. You know, I'm not good with dates. And so, I was with, like, all my friends, not all my friends, because you weren't there, but whatever. All my friends sans Carrie, because she was living in Houston at the time. Well, we're all, like, old enough. We don't have kids. You know, the whatever. Well, everyone else has been there before besides me and don't think Tiffany had. So me and Tiffany are waiting in line for what's that thing again? Tower of Terror? Yeah, Tower of Terror. And it's scary how they have it set up anyway. Ooh, yeah. But again, fat girl over here, I'm like, oh God, I'm not gonna fit in the thing. I'm gonna like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And what I was thinking is that because I knew like we had watched videos like on YouTube before we went and stuff. Because that's how I am. I spoiler alert everything. Because I need to know, like, what's going on, what's going to scare me, all of the things. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, there's a YouTube community because people are like me. True. But I, what I thought is we're going to get there and my things aren't going to fit. And then I'm not going to want to be like, uh, my thing doesn't fit. Yeah. So then I'm just going to be like, like, hold on for dear life. But then, you know, like, gravity and shit. And so... <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I'm going to be like a ping pong, like an elephant in a china cabinet, like legit bouncing around, like breaking people's necks. <laughs> and I was like, How, what am I going to do? Like, oh my God. Anyway, we get through there. We get in there and we're like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, it's not going to fit. It's not going to fit. Well, it fit. And like my friend Sabria, she's like, Donna, chill out. It's good. It's fit. It fits. And I'm like, it's not that tight, though. Like, I feel like I can't get it tight, you know? There's always something. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like I had some slack to it. Like, mm-hmm. I need it to be tight. Like, who get this sausage, like, up mm-hmm. in here, you know? Well, we go. We do it. Uh, my ass lifted off of that seat, like, higher than everyone else's. <laughs> and I was like, it's not. It's not on. She's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, I'm screaming. Screaming in front of all these people. Like... I'm like, oh, my God. And so, like, this goes up every time. Like, every time it goes down, I'm like, this is it. This is when y'all die. Because, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what can I do? I can't control my body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, especially if I I went flying. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Anyway. Well, so, Sabria had been there, I don't know, like, 18,000 times. She's, like, a club member and stuff. Well, she told me, like, when you see this hologram, it'll be it. So I was like, oh, my God. Okay, I didn't kill anyone. Oh, God, it's almost over. And then about that time when, like, I let my guard down. (laughs) And it, like, oh, I made it. Like, oh, God, it was so fun. But I didn't, like, kill anyone. Because, you know, that motherfucker went straight back up. And all you hear is me scream, (laughs) you lied. Like, so fucking loud. She was like, it normally doesn't do that. I was like, oh, God, it hurt me so bad because I, again, I, like, come all the way up off the seat because I had a lot of, like, once this is in motion, it's hard to stop it. Like, and that seatbelt had too much slack, you know? But anyway, like, I could just hear, like, the the fabric fraying, like, ooh, hold it, hold it, hold it. Anyway, but we ended up riding it, like, three more times (laughs) after I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to kill anyone. But y'all, like, I think I was pouring sweat. I'm surprised I didn't, like, slip and slide up in my seat. But it was fun. Also, that's the same trip that very first ride we rode was It's a Small World. (laughs) Like, they were like, we're going to take it easy, you know, whatever. Yeah, I sprained my ankle (laughs) getting off of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a small world. You know what year it was? You know what year it was? 2011, because that's the year Casey got married, mm-hmm. and you were supposed to come to Casey's wedding, yep. and you couldn't because your ankle was sprained. <laughs> and, of course, it's the one I drive with. <laughs> like, it was bad, y'all. Okay. So, for my story, I'm going to dabble in your creepiness a little bit. Oh, shit. All right. So, there's this guy. His name's George Carl Tanzler, and he was born in 1877. We're going old school. Oh, for sure. And he was born in Germany. We don't know a whole lot about his parents. We know he had a sister. Smart kid. Nothing really special about his life. When he was younger, he did say that a relative of his that had passed a long time ago visited him and, like, spoke to him and said that when and the relative revealed to him a face of a dark-haired girl, and he was like, this is, this is my one true love, the person that she revealed. So old Carl was pretty smart, but he was kind of that, like, arrogant, like, always tried to impress people, kind of that one-upper. Oh, Gaston. Yeah, but not, not that extreme. He was kind of like a like a social climber, too, you know, so it's just like, ugh, you're yeah. always looking for something better, like, whatever. When he was looking for jobs, like, he lied on his resume, said he had, like, nine degrees and some bullshit oh like that. Oh, my God. He didn't. When Carl was in his 40s, he got married, had two daughters. The marriage wasn't a good marriage. He wasn't a family man. He just got married because he thought it was the next step in his life. You know, it wasn't like a, it was a logical choice versus, like, he was in love. Yeah, and then he had kids, and so they stayed together for the kids. Well, what he did, though, was that he moved around a bunch, like, for work and stuff. So Mm -hmm. he would leave the, the family to go work all these different places. And so they weren't they weren't close at all. In 1926 is when Carl came to the states. Dun dun dun. Oh, wait, we're going up. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a exciting up. Not uh-huh. a doomy. Not mm-hmm. a doomy, a gloomy. <laughs> a sca- something. <laughs> well, it's like, oh shit, but then he arrives and he's like, ooh, lights everywhere. Except for he was in Zephyr Hills, Florida. <laughs> oh. Not like New York. <laughs> Zephyr Hills is like a little bit outside of Tampa. Like, I remember whenever I was driving to Tampa every month for, for school, and I would be like, yes, when I got to Zephyr Hills, because it was so close. Well, he came to the States first, and then his family came later. As soon as, basically, as soon as they got there, he was like, peace, I got to go to Key West oh. for work. Oh, he said, Robert? Robert oh, the dog? Oh, maybe. That was kind of around that time, too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, when he got to Key West, he changed his name and started going by Carl Von Kossel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he wanted to shishi it up a little. Right? I mean. <laughs> he's thinking he's fucking a Von Trapp over here. I, he had a mad gab. I mean, a mad lib saying nouns. That, oh, this is a perfect name. Sounds like Castle. They'll think I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see my moat? <laughs> Okay, not his drawbridge. <laughs> his drawbridge, he has to open his drawbridge. Oh, but then it covers his moat. Oh, his fuck. moat wouldn't come out. His dragon. Oh, there, there it is. It is a castle. Mm-hmm. Every good castle has a dragon. Yep. I mean, Danny, are you there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he started work in Key West, working as a radiology technician at the U.S. Marine Hospital. They don't have to go to school for that? Not back then. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. The T of it is. Yes. His name wasn't Von Kessel. <laughs> no, it was Tanzler. But remember how I told you, though, before he was like a one-upper and a fucking annoying little shit? Uh-huh. Well, he still was in Key West. And so a lot of his coworkers didn't like him, but they were like, you know, he's actually good at his job. Okay. So we're going to put old Carly Carl on the, <laughs> on the back burner. Okay. We're going to set him aside. So now we're going to talk about Elena de Hoyos. She went by Helen. <laughs> We're going to go with Helen. <laughs> okay. Helen was born in 1909 in Key West, Florida. And she was beautiful. Like, gorgeous, long, dark hair. Just beautiful. God, you sound like you're describing me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She had two sisters. Her dad was a cigar maker, 
And she just was like very popular. Everybody loved her. Not only was she beautiful, she was kind. She had that shyness about her. You know, like she just was yeah loved all around. Well, Helen was Cuban-American. And especially then, the culture was that she got married young. So when she was 16 years old, she got married to Luis. She got pregnant and had a miscarriage. Not Don't really know what caused it. But right after that, Luis abandoned her and moved to Miami. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fucking handmaid's tale is this shit? I know. On April 22nd, 1930, Helen's mom got concerned because Helen was getting sick. So her mom took her to the Marine Hospital in Key West to get examined. Under the sea? Under the sea. Well, when she gets there... She's diagnosed with tuberculosis. Oh, fuck. We know about that. Mm-hmm. She's 20 years old. Oh, shit. Well, how did they diagnose tuberculosis? A chest x-ray. So, who did she come across? Oh, fuck. Old Carl Vaughn. I want to own a castle. <laughs> she was probably like, oh, my God. He is so fucking fancy with that last name. Mm-hmm. Where does he come from? Where does he go? <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. She wants to see his Cotton Eye Joe. Mm-hmm. Coming out of his moat. <laughs> he could star in How to Train My Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> All I picture is like Shrek coming in. <laughs> no, that would be me co-starring. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> donkey, that, y'all, really Shrek and Donkey, that is our relationship. <laughs> yes. I'm Donkey. <laughs> and I'm the onion. <laughs> I got layers. <laughs> Not just of fat. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Back to Von Castle. So he was there when she got her x-ray, and he saw her with that long, gorgeous, dark hair and that beautiful face, and he was like, this is her. This is who I saw in my dream. Mm. This is who my relative brought me. In my dream, this is my one true love. It reminds me of en- Enchanted. Oh, yeah. You know, like, searching for her one true love. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Was he really Walt Disney? No. Okay, sorry. So, Carl convinced his superiors, because you got to remember, 1930. They didn't have rules and shit. He was like, okay, we know she's going to die. It's tuberculosis. Like, we know there's no cure right now. Let me be her doctor Oh, my God. And take care of her in her home. Like, let's try some different treatments. Let me go to her house, try these different treatments. Let's see what works. You know, there's no cure. She's going to die. Let's try. Come on. She's young, you know? Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, they could have shipped her to Waverly Hills or... Your island. They were in Florida. Yeah. Pavilion Island. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how you remember all those names. So, he got the go-ahead from his bosses. (laughs) I mean, seems like a good idea, right? She's going to die. I mean, just do what you need with her. Yeah. It's okay. Maybe you'll maybe you'll discover fucking penicillin. <laughs> so he is at her house every single day treating her, giving her different herbs, elixirs, all kinds of stuff. He even borrowed this really expensive x-ray machine and brought it to her house. What the hell? Meanwhile, how the fuck did he do that? Because he didn't have permission. I'm like, okay. I know how big a fucking x-ray machine is now. Yeah. What the fuck did it look like in 1930? And right. how'd you get it to her house? He would move mountains for her. He would move an x-ray machine for her. Mm-hmm. Carl was in love with Helen. He would buy her expensive gifts and tell her how much he loved her. What? Yeah. And she was, like, not having any of it. Like, she was not, she did not feel the same way. Yeah. She was like, you know... Thank you, but no thank you. Well, of course, despite all the efforts, about 18 months later, Helen died from (gasps) tuberculosis. No! Well, Carl, of course, I mean, it's been, I mean, from April of 1930 to October of 1931. Like, he had gotten close with the family, too. And, you know, so he he was like, I'm going to pay for everything. Oh, my God. I'm going to pay for her funeral. I'm going to pay, I'm even going to get... A mortician to embalmer. Like, I don't think that was super common then because a couple of articles I read was like he even got someone to embalmer. Like, it was like it was like an extra step, you know? Yeah. And then he even got the family to let him buy 
a mausoleum for her, which was very expensive at the time. But, I mean, shit, it's still expensive. Right. After the interment of Helen's body, some of the articles said different things, like as far as the timeline. But one thing I actually watched on it said that her sister would go every day at first. And then as time progressed and she's trying to move on, she started going every year yeah, on the anniversary, you know, that kind of thing. Because, you know, it's time to move on. Yeah. Well, Helen's sister wasn't the only one visiting the mausoleum quite often. Carl was visiting her mausoleum every single night. Oh, my gosh. And he would sit by her grave and play her favorite Spanish songs to serenade her. I roll. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. It gets worse. According to Carl, Helen from the grave would tell him to take her from the grave. Oh, my gosh. So one night... She didn't want to be with him in real life. And she was dying. hmm 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 Like, he was the last man on earth for her. And she was like, no thanks. hmm So old Carly Carl, in April of 1933, got himself a little toy wagon and took it to the grave and loaded Helen up. Oh, my gosh. Got her from her mausoleum and took her to his house. Wow. Because here's the thing. He is the only person that had a key. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. There were rumors around town, though, about him being fucking creepy at the grave and all yeah. that. And creepy Carl. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. This is what happened. You got to think. It's been about two years that she's been in the mausoleum. Mm-hmm. So, he's taken her body home. And he's... <laughs> She's a homebody. <laughs> I'm just going to let that marinate. Don't let her. On that note. <laughs> no. Okay. So, he held her bones together with wire coat hangers. Ew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the mommy dearest is going on? Oh, yeah. It's definitely, definitely, definitely like that. He, like... It's literally like the fake uh, skeleton. Oh, oh, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, coat hanger Carl. Mm-hmm. Her skin was well gross <laughs> because it was de- you know it's decomposing. Yeah. So he mixed. Oh God. Plaster of Paris <laughs> and wax fabric. <laughs> And made her skin. Like, put it over her skin <laughs> to, like, make new skin. Ooh. He also fitted her with glass eyes. I thought you were going to say glasses, and I'm like, Mm-mm, why? Worse. worse. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that happens, too, to a decomposing body is the hair falls out of the scalp. And so, he to her mom and was like, did you keep any of her hair? Oh, my God. Because they had cut it. And her mom was like, well, actually, I did. And he was like, can I have it? Weird. And her mom was like, sure. And he made a fucking wig out of it. Oh, my God. hmm Wow. He used a lot of, like, disinfectants and perfumes and stuff to try to mask the smell. Because, I mean, she's still decomposing. Yeah. <laughs> he would get old clothes and, like, new clothes to dress her. And he would, like, keep her in his bed. Oh, my God. Well, this continued for about seven years. Seven fucking years? Mm -hmm. And then rumor, I mean, like like I said, the rumors were kind of swirling around then, too, because people said that they saw him, like, through the window dancing with a, like, a big old giant doll. Oh, my God. What the home alone is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Some people said that he was actually building an airplane (laughs) and that he was going to fly himself and Helen to the stratosphere to rejuvenate her. Oh, gosh. Had Grease come out yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of Helen's sisters had heard the rumors, and so she was like, I'm going to his fucking house. Yeah. I'm fucking confronting him. I'm going to his house. Well, she gets there, and she finds her sister's body. (gasps) And she said, oh, my God, you don't look a day over, you know, seven years dead. 
Well, so she, of course, immediately notifies the police, and they come and arrest Carl. They charged him with wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. And so they had this preliminary hearing at the courthouse so he could say whether he was guilty or not, but they realized that the statute of limitations has passed. No. So they couldn't fucking charge him with it. He had her so long, the statute of fucking limitations passed. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, how does it pass when he still has a dead body? I guess it's not illegal to hold the body. It's illegal to take the body. <laughs> okay. Hopefully they reworked that one. Well, okay. I never actually found how this happened, but after, like, the... Because they kind of had a trial, but then they were like, but you can't because it's, you know, the yeah. statute's up. But So after the quasi-trial, a local funeral home got her body and put it on display because this is like, she's pretty fucking intact. You know, like this is like a, yeah. she's basically mummified, like, this is a big deal. Yeah. And they say that like 6,800 people came through to view her. Wow. So... Who decided to do that? I don't know. I don't know if the family got some of the money. I I don't know. But after that, her body was eventually returned to the cemetery and was buried in an unmarked grave in a secret location. Wow. So, of course, this was like this huge sensation in the media and all of that. Yeah. And, you know, some people were pretty sympathetic to Carl because they were like, you know, he's just eccentric and a romantic and a blah, blah, blah. No, this girl did not even, they were not together in, right, in her final days. Like, he was her caregiver because he wanted to be. Right. Back when the trial occurred, there was no evidence of necrophilia. Like, specifically sexual intercourse. Supposedly, though, in 1972, there were two physicians who actually attended the autopsy that they did on her after she was found and all. And... Way later, again, 1972, they're like, you know what? There was a paper tube in her vagina so that he could have sex with it. Oh, my gosh. But that was the only, like, quote-unquote proof. Like, there's, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he did. Oh, I'm, come on. But that was, like, the only, quote, proof. And that was yeah. fucking 30 years later. So, there's not a whole lot, like, saying for sure whether he did it or mm-hmm. not. So, after kind of the whole shebang... About 1944, he moved back to Pasco County, close to Zephyr Hills. He wrote an autobiography, and just he just kind of lived like as a recluse until his death in 1952. He was dead for three weeks before anyone found him, but when they did, they found a life-sized recreation of Helen with him. What? Mm-hmm. So he had created this life-size dummy replica of Helen that he still lived with. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's true crime in that he did some crimey stuff, but he didn't actually get punished for it. Yeah. But it's fucking creepy. Oh, for sure. You want to see her? (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, first, that's him. Oh, my God. He looks like he would be in, like, a period British film or something. And he'd be the character I liked. Okay, ready? Okay. That's her. What the Madame Teresa is going on here? <laughs> what? Holy shit. Y'all, we're going to put these pictures up on the website. <laughs> so y'all got to look because that don't look nothing like her. You know what this looks like? What people put on dating websites and then when they show up. <laughs> The picture she's looking at is a side-by-side of Helen alive and (laughs) Helen's mummified corpse. Damn, that's savage, Donna. So I'm ready for your creepiness. I gave you a little bit. Well, get ready for a whole lot of creepiness. And, you know, that made my skin crawl, but this one is going to make your skin crawl. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, dun-dun-dun. Oh, you went down this time. It's getting Uh serious. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Picture it. October 6th. 1974, 9.45 a.m. Too early. <laughs> Just kidding. The West Yorkshire Police Force received a phone call 
And the person said, look, there's a man walking down the street, butt ass naked, and he's covered in red paint, like head to toe fucking red paint. I mean, I'm sure it sounded really good because they're all British. I was about to say, it's the she she. Mm-hmm. And I'm going across the pond like Carrie normally does. Mm-hmm. She can't. She on a knee scooter. <laughs> <laughs> so... PC Ian Walker, he was sent to the scene alone because they're like some fucking, you know, kid, like teenager, college mm-hmm. student, something like, oh my God, just go there and make sure, you know, like he's not flashing anyone. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it's 945. So people are uh, normal yeah. people. So he arrives and he finds a man curled up in a fetal position, covered head to toe in red. Blood. I was going to say, what made them think it was fucking paint? I would have gone straight for blood. Like, I'd have been like, he's naked and he had paint. He just had, like, a psychotic break and killed somebody. Uh-huh. Well, look. This person might not have been a morning person. and They hadn't had their coffee yet. Yeah, and they were like, what? The fuck? What? Yeah. So, he leans over kind of cautiously because grown yeah. man, fetal position, covered in blood. Nothing about that says, hey, let's, you know, like, touch him. I mean, if he had a pack of crackers, he probably would have been like, there, there. (laughs) Well, while he's, like, going over, the man looks up, and he starts shouting, it's the blood of Satan. It's the blood of Satan. Oh, God. Well, about this time, because he's like, who are you? Like, trying to be calm, because. Yeah. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? (laughs) Exactly. Well, some person, you know, was probably getting their miles on their Fitbit. They were walking, and they were like, Michael, what are you doing? Why do they have a country accent over in, I don't know. I can't do accents. I can't either, uh, according to Will. (laughs) He said my British accent was terrible. Uh Uh-huh. Horrible. Horrid. The worst accent ever. (laughs) (laughs) No, that really was. That was really bad. (laughs) Yeah, if y'all want to hear all of that, it's on our bloopers. On Patreon, I'm telling you. Funny. It's funny. Anyway, so they're like, Michael, what's going on? Who would do that? I mean, a police officer is there, and he's like on the ground in blood. Like, why would you be like, Michael, Michael, yeah. what you doing? Yeah. Like, nothing about that says, hey, let me go and be like, uh, excuse me, officer. Yes. Uh, I know this man, you know? And I'm like, I don't know him. I don't, like, looking away from it, walking, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So now they know, okay, his name's Michael Taylor. They said he's married with kids. Oh, God. So Ian Walker, he immediately radios to go to Michael Taylor's house. All right. So we're going to flash back like two months. All right. So the Taylor family, they lived in Osset. I'm thinking that's right. Michael was 31. His wife, Christine, 29. They had five children. Cool. All boys. Cool. Ages six. Through 12. Mm-mm. They get, uh-uh. And they had a family dog. I couldn't even take care of the damn dog. I couldn't take care of myself. Everyone considered them happy-go-lucky, you know, middle class, not someone you would really remember. I mean, they're just good. They're not. Yeah. They're not loud. They're not whatever. They're average. Yeah. Everyone who knew Michael said he was kind, he was smart, he was important. <laughs> just about to say that. But seriously, they said he was mild-mannered, you know, whatever. But he did have bouts of depression due to an accident at work that, like, tweaked his back. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, more than tweaked, but whatever. Well, so he had chronic pain. It also made it hard for him to get work. Because at in the 70s, it was really hard over there in England They were coming off of, like, the industrial age, and, like, this is a market city, and he was a butcher. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, he didn't have, like, a wide-open variety. You know what I mean? Like, it was very limited. But then I think because of – I think they put limitations on how much you could work a week because a lot of people didn't have jobs or, like, enough money. So they would have to say, like, okay, you can work three days. You could work three days. You know, like, trying to keep everyone afloat. All right, so he's in his bout of depression. His neighbor and a friend, Barbara, she did what any person who loves religion does and said, 
All you need is to go to church. Okay. It will help you. You know, and they're and they were not religious people. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I don't know. You know, she's like, look, it's not like the, it's not the traditional church. It's a cool church. <laughs> you know, they're not stuffy. They sing the good songs. They, you know, they get up and move around. Yeah. So finally, Michael's like, all right, I'll go. Because, you know, praying is going to change a chemical imbalance in your brain. Totally, totally. Well, the the whole little group, it was called the Charismatic Christians. Okay. Mm-hmm. Red flag number 17. <laughs> and they focused heavily on hmm, supernatural parts of the Bible. Like okay. healing and, you know, power of healing. And you know what I mean? Like... We all know the people. Yeah. Well, that's who these people were. Well, Michael goes there. He meets the leader, Marie Robinson. And she is, like, he walks in and it's like a spotlight on her. Music fades. You know, all the people fade away. And he's like, oh, my gosh. She is the answer to everything. Okay. She's 22 years old. Oh, so she knows all about life. Mm Mm-hmm. Blonde, just, you know, the charismatic Christian. At one point in the event, Marie begins to, like, shake and kind of tremble while she's reading through the Bible. And no one seemed to, like, say anything, you know? So Michael's like, uh, what? what? You know, like, Mm -hmm. this isn't normal, right? Well, it was. That's what happened when she got the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so when she felt like, okay, the Holy Spirit is in me, now I can heal people. So she knew by Barbara about Michael's back problems. So she, you know, was like, does anyone need to come up and be healed? Kind of, you know, looking at Michael, you know, I mean, we all know how this happens. Like, tell his oldest time, your friend, you know, like, get people to join, tell them about this place. And then it's like, oh, I do have this friend who has a bad back. He'd be perfect, you know, and then it's just like... Absolutely. We all know. Is she going to do, like, the televangelist where they put their hand on their head and, like, push them back? Um, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Be healed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome to your ears, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. All right. So, Michael gets up, and he, you know, I mean, again, eyes locked on each other, making their way to each other. Well, all of a sudden... Mavis Smith, cock blocker extraordinaire, just starts to cry and just slump in her seat. She's an old lady. And so Marie has to like, you know, and all right, let's tend to the old lady. Yeah. That's when she starts to put her hands on her and speak in tongues and convulse. Fake. (laughs) Well, then... Here's another part where you can say fake news. Michael crouched down beside Marie, put his hands on Marie, you know, on her, and started speaking in tongues, too. Like, the g- first time at the church ever? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. He just wanted to touch Marie. Uh-huh. You know, she was like, you better give on me. This is my stick. If you want your stick anywhere near me, you better let me have my thing. <laughs> All right. So... After this, Michael was, you know, hook, line, and sinker into this religion. And Christine was supporting him and, you know, I mean, just trying to help her husband out. Well, Michael and Marie started spending a lot of time together. Oh, no. And his mental state kind of, like, declined as they were going. You know what I mean? Like, where everyone else could kind of see it, but he couldn't. Yeah. At one point... Marie and Michael spent all night drawing the crosses on each other. You know, drawing the sign of the cross on each other because it was a full moon. And they were scared of what the evil powers of the full moon would do. And so they were to protect each other. What? Uh All night. I'm sure they were naked, too. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Meanwhile, if I was his wife, uh uh-uh. Yeah, she... She was side-eyeing, you know, like... Yes. Okay, okay. You know, like, dear journal, this marks the 15th time that Marie's been over here. 
And I've had to cook for her ass. And about to cut a bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when the perfect family man starts to be obsessed with, you know, a 22-year-old, beautiful, charismatic young lady? Mm-hmm. His home life begins kind of to fall to shit. He's spending less and less time at home with them. When he is there, he's irritable, very argumentative, just completely different. Mm-hmm. Because his wife isn't that young, uh-huh. charismatic, whatever she is. Well, so Christine was like, you know what? Fucking tired of this. The next time we all have a meeting over at our house, I'm going to fucking say something. And that bitch did. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So what she didn't say like, you bitch, get away from my husband. She was just like, look, y'all need to go and talk about whatever is going on between y'all two. Y'all need to go discuss it and like kind of nip it in the bud. Yeah. So they go to a different room and, you know, Michael's probably got a fucking heart on. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, Marvin Gaye's probably fucking playing. Mm-hmm. But he goes to kiss Marie and she's like, no, 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 no. Like, you need to think about Christine. You love her. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, Marie is not into Michael. She just wants him to be part of, you know, her Christian fellowship. Her cult. Mm-hmm. And so that's what people do. You know, I mean, like, the women do what they are going to do. Like, the men really want the sex and shit. You know, the women use, like, the teasing and all of that to get them in. But, you know, usually don't, like, pursue it. Mm-hmm. Well, so they come out and they're, you know, like everyone's like, uh, what happened? You know, like, yeah. Mm, you know, we, me and you would be like sipping the tea, like, mm-hmm. what, what's the word? So Michael comes out and he says, the tea of it is exactly Lipton's. <laughs> <laughs> he says, we have won a great victory for the Lord. A miracle has happened. We have both overcome our passions. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, of course, Marie's like, sure, whatever. You yeah, know, like, just give me some more money for my cult. Yes. Well, then something strange happened. More strange than that. Michael finds himself just staring at Marie. But he's naked, and so is she. And, like, her face is turned away, and slowly she turns her face to face him And he's horrified to see that her eyes have been replaced by two snake-like slit eyes. What? Mm Mm-hmm. And so then he felt this evil just kind of bubble up and rise in him. Well, at this point, Marie later on said that she was looking at him because he's looking at her. And he has the most, like weird expression and she said it was nothing less than the face of a devil like just how he looked at her it was so strange well then suddenly michael starts shouting in fucking tongues and then like slaps at marie what yes and so all at this meeting where they handled their passions for the yes yes and so christine is like oh fuck You know, and so, like, I mean, it's Jerry Springer over here, and she's like, I did not mean for this to happen. Like, don't break my china. You know, like, you ain't got a fucking job. Yeah. We're going to have to sell that in a week. So, she's trying to break it up, people, you know, and but he grabs Marie by her hair, throws her across the room, and knocks her out fucking cold. Shit. She said that she came to a little bit later, you know, and he was just, like, there, like, crouched over And then, like, one little glint of, like, that murderous look. And then he's like, oh, my God, what happened? I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, that one little snap. Well, right after he, you know, snaps out of his crazy, like, rabid, like, attack, he just collapses on the floor, just exhausted. Well, Christine is like... You need to go. Like, y'all need to go. Mama needs a drink. (laughs) Michael continued to be really fucking weird. And he would mutter things under his breath, which, I mean, that sounds like a marriage to me. Mm -hmm. But he would also become angered by religious figures, you know, statues, crosses, all of that. He'd be like, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, a neighbor was walking down the street, just minding their business, and they see Michael walking down the street looking like Bizarro Land, just like, you know, like just in Mm -hmm. a weird thing. If y'all couldn't see me, I was just like marching like uh, TikTok from Return to Oz. Anyway, then he... That's the most obscure fucking reference. (laughs) That... Why? I was thinking like a toy soldier kind of like or like. Well, that's how TikTok is, but he's round or like and a so zombie. He's like, bark, bark, bark. like you need to watch Return to Us. I have seen it with those fucking wheelies. You made me wheelers. Same thing. Don't let me say their name again, because if I swear to God, if I hear that little like oh god oh no, okay no we have to get to this. He then spits on the ground in his bizarro state, and she's like the fuck. Because it's a girl, you know, so it'd be like me. I'd be like, ugh, ugh, you know? Mm-hmm. He looked at her and said, look on it as milk. Ooh. And he said to drink on it as it was the milk of human kindness. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> girl, I read this and I was like, ooh, what the fuck? You nasty. Like, I, that's what I typed to him. Like, you nasty. Well, Christina's concerned even more for Michael. You know, I mean, oh my gosh. So they... Again, turn to religion for some guidance. Well, on October 3rd, they attended a meeting that was led by the Reverend Peter Vincent of the Church of St. Thomas in Barnsley. He was a well-respected figure in the local charismatic movement. Boy. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he introduced it to his congregation earlier. Like, he's not... With Marie, you know, she's not the head of his thing. Like, she, you know, like, she was a separate little cult of the charismatic movement. Right. Well, within minutes of meeting Michael, he said, something's wrong. You in danger, girl. Shit is going to hit the fan. He invites Michael to do confession, and he does, like, a minor exorcism on him, before he sends them back home. You know, just like, um, you know, again, I can heal you. I can do this by mm-hmm. putting my hands on you. Right. Well, once they returned home, he was too afraid to sleep. Michael was like, I don't know what's going on with me. This is weird. You know, whatever. So him and his wife, Christine, stayed up all night making the sign of the cross repeatedly oh, over and over a- in an attempt to ward off the evil spirits. I mean, I don't like to sleep, but my arm would get tired. Mm-mm. I like to sleep. <laughs> Why you got to do that shit at night? Oh, because she probably has a job. <laughs> Damn. Well, somebody's got to feed those 17 kids. True. Well, two days later, October 5th, Michael returned from another fellowship meeting. And the group was like, look, you need to go see the Reverend Vincent right now, like, you still acting crazy. Like, that little cleansing did not work. So, they drive to his house, and his wife, Sally, welcomed them into their home, settled them down in the kitchen, you know, poured them some tea, whatever. Here's some little crumpets. All is right with the world. Raymond Smith, a local Methodist minister from Barnsley, was called for a second opinion. So, beep, boop, 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 boop. Yo, I got a case. It's weird. Come check it. So he's like, come on, boo, to his wife, Margaret. They get up in their car and come the fuck on. They sit down, eat dinner with Michael, and he immediately smashed his plate to the floor. When Vincent's cat came in, he started screaming at the cat Mm -mm. and then pulled fur from its back (gasps) and threw it out of the house. Oh, my God. Yes. And that was all before they could restrain him. And so, Vincent was like, oh, I am shocked and appalled. So, he was like, look, you are possessed by something more evil than I even thought was possible. So, there's no other option. We have got to do a full-fledged exorcism. We have got to exorcise the demons. So, everyone was like, oh, fuck. I mean, are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? You know, like, Mm -hmm. because it's like a fucking triple date over here with all the people and their wives. Right. And then it's like, all right, y'all, let's do some, like, supernatural shit. I mean, that sounds awesome to me, but, like, exorcism, eee! A, a lot. 
Raymond Smith, the Methodist minister, was like, look, we don't really know. Like, we need to get the doctor up in here and see what they say. But Christine was like, look, I don't know if we have time for a doctor. I like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. He is acting so different. And now he's even more violent. What's going to happen next? Sally agreed. And so everyone was like, all right, he is possessed. How did he get possessed? And all fingers pointed to Marie. Yep. They said that she had pledged Michael's soul to Satan during one of her rituals. Oh, my God. How can she give his soul away? Look, she's very charismatic. (laughs) (laughs) So, they called another Methodist preacher, Donald James. I mean, they call on everybody. Like, phone tree alert. Let's, Mm -hmm. Let's get these exorcisms done. So, candles were lit all around. All three of the clergymen, all of their wives, just all around Michael. As soon as they started to like cast out the demons and everything, he started to uncontrollably convulse and just have fits of scratching and spitting and biting. And so he, they had to literally tie him to the floor. And it took them eight hours to do the, you know their whole thing. Mm-mm. And throughout this, He would have crucifixes shoved in his mouth. What? Yes, while he was being doused with holy water. So waterboarding. (laughs) Yes. But Christian kind. Charismatic Christian kind. And this is, like, while they're doing this, the crucifixes are in his mouth, like, wide open. You know, I mean, just picture, like, popsicle sticks all over his fucking mouth. And he's like, you know, like, just. I'd be trying to get that shit out, too. Yeah. They also burned a crucifix that he had had. Like, just random, you know, like, Mm -hmm. extreme. So, like I said, eight hours. They said that they had expelled 40 demons. Okay. And all of the demons, like, they represented different traits. Some were incest, bestiality, blasphemy, lewdness, heresy, masochism, and carnal knowledge. So now, like, they were there at night. Now there's sun coming through the fucking blinds. And they're all exhausted. They're like, look, we we got 40 out, but we think there's three more. How could they know that? Girl, I don't even know. And these were the ones that were left. Insanity, murder, and violence. But they were too exhausted to continue. So they said, Michael and Christine, y'all go home. Tomorrow, we'll continue this, but we have to rest or it's not going to work anyway because we're so drained. That's a terrible idea. Hey, go home with your husband, but the demons that he have has left, <laughs> murder. Like, mm-hmm. murder, violence, and insanity. Seems reasonable. So, Christine had already thought about this because she's a mom and she has to think, you know, for everyone. So, she got some people to come to get their kids, take them to their grandparents, Because they didn't know how long this was going to take. You know, like... Mm -hmm. So, around 9 in the morning, Michael and Christine return home. Empty house. You know, the kids are with their grandparents. Christine is just beaten down. So stressed. So disheveled. I mean, just drained. They both are, but Christine's like the last to go into the house. And and so, a neighbor sees her. And so, Christine kind of tells the neighbor what happened And she said, I really feel like something got into me. I just don't feel good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so she said, look, I'm going to rest with Michael. And then I'm going to call a doctor and just see what he says about me. But soon after that, you know, they wrap up their little thing. She goes into the house, closes the door. And that is the last time anyone will ever see Christine. Oh. So now we're back to where, you know, he's fetal position. Yeah. And everything. So, the cop had called people to go to his house. They get into his house. Walking up to his house. From the door on, there's a clear trail of blood. And it's, like, all the way from the door to the living, like, in the living room. And then through a door frame, they can see there's a body just laying on the floor But it's not placed there. It's just 
like, you know, I mean, look like she might have fallen down the steps. You know, like, arms are out to yeah. the side. It's not, like, she wasn't, like, staged there. It, yeah. It was very loosey-goosey. All around the room, all over the floor, is her blood. Blood, flesh, brain <gasps> matter. Oh, God. Yes. It looked like every inch of her face was just covered in blood. Like, the thick, red blood, you know, just yeah. all over but it's because there was no face. <gasps> so what Michael did, what we think happened, is he stripped her down. We don't know what made him yeah, flip. You know, who knows? But no one was there to stop him, restrain him, or anything. So he was full force in his rage. Police looked around for, because, I mean, it was blood everywhere. After he undressed her and like, started to, like, strangle her, he reached in and ripped out her tongue. What? Ripped out her tongue. Oh, my God. She is laying there on the floor, gurgling. No. Oh, my God. Choking on her own blood. While she's doing this, he gouges out her eyes. Oh, my God. Yes. And then starts tearing at her flesh, away from it, just leaving you know, exposed. Oh my God. Muscle and. Okay, yeah, I get it. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Christine died from shock and asphyxiation of her own blood. However, trigger warning. Now? Well, this has to do with a pet. So skip ahead. Like, I talk slow, so 30 seconds. After he did that, Michael then turned. And their beloved poodle, their family pet, he started strangling it. And then he literally ripped... Nope. Okay. You don't have to go into that much detail. Ripped what? <laughs> Each of his legs no, no, from no. the socket. Oh. oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Hurry. He had pulled out hair, pulled oh out God. teeth. Oh, my God. And pulled out the eyes. <gasps> Okay, oh my God, hurry. I can't take it. Okay, that's it. That's oh it. my God. Yes. Like, I mean, he went full-fledged. Like, Okay, I get it. Oh God, I can't. Okay. I can't anymore. Okay. Well, so then he left the house, again, covered in blood, screaming. So the police look around because they're like, this shit is, like, crazy. What, what did he do? How did he do this? You know, we don't see anything. Because it wasn't clean. It's not like he mm-hmm. thought anything through. They could not find one. And the medical examiner... Like laid, a murder weapon? Sorry. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. The medical examiner said that there probably was no weapon used in the attack because the wounds did not display anything inflicted by knives or any other sharp objects. It appeared that they were torn off oh, God. by his bare hands. Oh. When Michael was in custody then, he he began talking to the police about what had taken place the night before. He said during the questioning, they primed me for it. They tried to bring me peace of mind, but instead they filled me with the devil. He also said that it was a long night. They danced around me and burned my cross because it was tainted with evil they had me in the church all night look at my hands i was banging on the floor the power was in me i couldn't get rid of it and neither could they they were too late i was compelled by a force within me to destroy everything living within the house and when they ask him more about like okay we get that like okay cool but how did you kill her why did you do this all of that he said he could not remember anything. He blanked out like he did before with Marie. And he said that he deeply loved his wife. Like, he was distraught, but also he was released. He said, I am released. It is done. The evil in her has been destroyed. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, March 25th, 1975. You'll, You'll love this. The verdict was a misadventure, not murder. What? Mm -hmm. And Michael was found not guilty by reason of insanity. He spent two years in Broadmoor Psychiatric Facility and then another two years in Bradford Royal Infirmary in West Yorkshire. 
So a total of four years in custody. Wow. And then he was allowed to move back to Osset, the same fucking place all this happened. In the years after he was released, he attempted suicide four times. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. One time he threw himself from a bridge. Oh, shit. And so he had severe injuries from his back and his legs. Like, God. I mean, his back was already messed up. So people knew about this just because, I mean, police had to be called. And so, of course, it would be like deranged killer, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, apart from those four times, he had kept a low profile. However, in 2005, he was arrested for indecent conduct with a minor. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. He spent one week in custody, and they said this was like the first time since the 70s when he was possessed by mm-hmm. the devil that he started to like act like he was possessed again. Yeah, because he got away with fucking murder by mm-hmm. doing it the first time. Yeah. But when he was bailed, he was magically cured. Mm-hmm. During the trials, he pled guilty to two counts of sexual assault. Clearly, his back wasn't that bad. Right. And again, with his theatrics of being mm-hmm. possessed, he was able to undergo psychiatric treatment. But this time, it was outpatient. Oh, my God. Yeah. No additional jail time. And that's really all there is about Michael Taylor. Holy So, he could be just living where he killed his wife, killed their dog, like, sexually assaulted two people. Ruined the lives of his five children. Oh, my gosh. Also, I do want to mention that... The people who were there for that exorcism, one of them, Donald's wife, Margaret, she said that she had received a warning in her mind that what she said was from God, saying that the demon of murder was going to escape from Michael and kill Christine. So she pleaded with them to complete the exorcism. I know you're fucking tired, but like, yeah, this is not okay. But they were like, no, it's fine. We're tired. You know, like, yeah. who wears the robe here? Us. So like, yeah. you know, whatever. But well, that's exactly what happened. Damn. Like mere hours after she said this. Damn. Well, she could have put the idea in his head and been like, ooh, I could do this. True. Totally true. I don't know if he heard her or whatever. But this, I... I was looking up possessions, and I had never heard of this. No, I haven't either. And so, I was like, oh, this seems kind of like, you know, like maybe something's going to happen with the cult leader. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, cult leader. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's not what I was expecting. I was Mm-mm. expecting something to happen with Marie. And, like, I was expecting the blood on him to be Marie. Yeah. Know, like, just way more, like, with the cult. Yeah. Bless his wife's heart. Holy shit, you were not wrong when you said that mine gave you the heebie-jeebies, but yours was going to really fucking freak me out. Mm-hmm. I did not like that. I do not like that, Sam I am. I do not want to pass go. I do want $200, but I do not want to hear that fucking story again. <laughs> right? It's like it leads up to it. It's like, okay, that's weird. Oh, okay. You know. And yes. then, bam. All this shit, real serious, real fast. And you're like, holy fuck. I really thought that he was going to kill Marie. Yeah. How do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, God. tear out a tongue and gouge what? out some eyes. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, let's do what we learned. <laughs> Don't join a fucking cult. Definitely not. And clearly get Catholic fucking priests to exercise your demons. <laughs> I mean, look, if someone who exercises needs to exercise uh-huh. my demons because if you're exhausted after 40 <laughs> i totally get it but if there's three left in me like let's just get some gatorade or uh-huh. some shit some pickle juice let's perk you up and get these other three that are murder like if murder's still in there maybe i don't need to be out on the streets maybe I'm just mm, yeah i don't know maybe keep me strapped to the floor and let me sleep yeah. don't send me home with my fucking wife right like all right bye i mean it's pretty illogical. Yes. And I mean, you look, you went through 40. You couldn't just do three more. <laughs> oh, God. They like to even numbers. Oh. 
Okay, number three is, you know, I feel like if you're playing the match game, you know how they do their questions? It would be, Creepy Carl is so creepy. <laughs> how creepy is he? Exactly. <laughs> he loved this girl he did not even really know. So much that he blank. Yes. And no one's going to fill in that blank with that. <laughs> I mean, maybe Ed Kemper. <laughs> no. You know who else would do it? Who? Ed fucking Gein. He did that shit to his mom. He would oh, say true, it. true, true. He would say that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about something, I think, in a watch party, which happens almost every Sunday, y'all. It's free. It's on Rabbit. If you're in the Facebook group, it's always LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn, but you know what I mean. An event. Join us. It's fun. Anyway, we were talking about something, and someone was talking about, like, that they had loose skin, and I was like, if I lost weight, and I had to get my loose skin, took like, taken off, Ed Gein would have a whole fucking wardrobe. <laughs> like, he'd be like, supermarket sweet! Guy Ferrari would, Fier- what the fuck ever his name is, it's, it depends on when he wants to church it up. Sometimes uh-huh. it's Guy Fieri. Sometimes it's Guy Fieri. It just yeah. depends on what he wants to say. If he's got his flames on or not. Is he in his car or is he in the <laughs> supermarket thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus, but, God. So, anyway, too much. this episode you learned too much about me. Well, I guess on that note, remember. Creep it real. And, and don't, don't get scared. scared. And don't be a creepy Carl. <laughs>